0: church how are you this morning thank you for driving through the snowy conditions man finally some snow this week huh it was nice and i hope you enjoyed it let's stand together we'll sing that hymn together there is power in the blood we have been freed from the burden of sin because of what jesus christ has done for us let's praise him together as we sing
1: blood of Jesus Christ we have nothing let's pray father thank you thank you for Jesus thank you for loving us so much you gave your son it's by his blood that we are delivered from sin the precious precious blood of Jesus Christ oh God thank you thank you Jesus that you would die in our place wow oh what a great God you are it's so wonderful to serve you. Father, we love you. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for your goodness to us. Bless this service. Thank you for everyone here. Bless and use us to lift you up. Draw us closer to you, God. Anyone here that doesn't know Christ, teach them to know Jesus today. We want this service to honor and glorify our Lord Jesus Christ. God, use us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. First of all, thank you to everyone who was here yesterday. We did a lot of work around the church. Uh, Got a lot of things cleaned and and reorganized and straightened up and threw some junk out and just did a lot of work around here. Thank you for everybody that was here. And uh, I also have to apologize our parking lot is not good and and i'm sorry uh we had it plowed uh but we should have had it treated also and uh, it is icy in places we thought it would be better than what it is so i'm sorry please be careful uh i don't want anybody to slip and get hurt if you if you got in and you're like i'm scared to death to get out of here please let me know, we'll have one of our ushers or deacons, we'll get your car, meet you over here. I I don't want anybody walking. If you feel like it's unsafe for you, uh, we'll get you, we'll get you out safely. And uh, uh, it's my fault on that. I'm sorry, we didn't have snow the last two years and we kinda uh, forgot what we needed to do. So uh, I'm from Florida, I get these things wrong a lot. But uh, anyway, we'll, uh, It'll be good by Wednesday, so come back Wednesday night. It's supposed to be, I think, 41 on Tuesday, and going into the—it's supposed to be 61 on Thursday. That's crazy. There won't be any snow left by then, so uh, come on out Wednesday night. We'll be good. All right. We—well, uh, at this—no, no, no I'm, I'm almost skipping over our first-time guest. If you are here for the first time, we're so glad to have you here. We God brought you here. God brings you to a church he brings you there for a reason he has something for you and we want you to get exactly what God has for you today now if you're here for the first time you should have received one of our welcome packets if you did not there's a connection card looks like this it's right in the pew in front of you we ask you to fill that out you can use the qr code if you're watching online for the first time just go to our website click on i'm new here and you can fill it out that way Uh, You can, of course, use that QR code, use a pencil or pen, and give it to the ushers on the way out the door. If you will give us your email address, we have a free gift for you. We can only send it by email. So we would love to send that to you, but we have to have your email address. But we also, first thing we ask for is your prayer request, because we want to pray for you. Prayer is important. So if you need prayer, please fill out this card, even if you've been here before, put your prayer request on there and I promise you, we will be praying for you. And we're so glad that you're here today. At this time, we'll have our video announcements.
2: This message is for the ladies. We're having the ladies' prayer advance in March and we want you to go and be blessed by learning to pray, praying with your sisters in Christ, and just being encouraged with good meals, good fellowship, and fun. You can find out all the details in your newsletter and sign up for your free hotel rooms. That's right. The church is going to be sponsoring this trip to make it very affordable for each and every person that wants to go. So go to your newsletter and sign up today. I love fellowshipping with brothers and sisters in Christ. And our church does a great job of providing cool opportunities for us to do just that. We're having a church retreat for all adults in the church and it is going to be a blast. We're going to be going to restaurants. We're going to be going to special sessions to learn some cool things about God. And there's a hospitality suite where we'll play games and we'll eat food and we'll just have a wonderful, wonderful time. If you'll go to your newsletter, you can find out all the information you need and actually sign up. It's going to be a great retreat. We want all the adults of the church to come. It's just going to be a great, great time. You won't want to miss it. Can you imagine not having the Bible in your language? This is a reality for many people
0: throughout the world. Our missionaries of the week are Steve and Connie Ziner. They are working to get the Bible translated into many languages throughout the world. They have recently sent two new translations to different places in Kenya as well as to Paraguay. They are also working on translations for several tribal languages in Ghana. Please pray this week for the designers and for the ministry of Bible translation. Well, isn't it good to adore Christ? And I know the choir, we just threw you off because you were expecting something else. But those hymns speak great words of adoration to Christ our King. We're going to sing another song as we stand together of adoration. Only a holy God. Think about God. No man has seen God at any time, the Bible says. But just imagine you standing before Jesus, standing before God one day in heaven, and praising him together. Let's sing this song, Only a Holy God.
3: Who else commands all the hosts of heaven? Who else could make every king? A holy God What other beauty Demands such praises What other splendor Outshines the sun What other majesty moves with justice Only a Holy God what other glory consumes my fire what other power can raise the dead what other name remains undefeated only a whole would offer his only son who else invites me to
0: Of God this morning Amen. his mercy never fails sing to him not to each other on this last song together
3: I love, love you Lord for your mercy never fails me all my days I've been held in from the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will see Of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am made, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. darkness night, you are close like no other, i know known you as a father, i know known you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. So, so good With every breath that I am able oh, oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God Your goodness is running after it's running after me Your goodness is running after running after me with my life laid down i surrender now i give you everything your goodness is running after it's running after me
1: all my life you have been
3: faithful So, so good with every breath that I am. In, oh, oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God.
1: Oh, I'm going to sing
3: of the goodness of God.
0: Amen. He is good, isn't he? Thank you for your great singing, please be seated. Katie Schneider has special music for us this morning.
3: Sim
4: the servant
1: you to the altar if you would like to come now as we take a few minutes to pray before the message we always have a lot to pray for we are needy people but we serve a great god he can handle all of it well let's pray father god we are indeed needy people we need you god you are more than sufficient to meet every need and god we lift up many of our people are going through different problems right now we think of muriel she's still recovering from COVID and still at home sick bless her god heal her completely rebecca morgan is here but still going through treatment for lyme disease and babesia we pray for complete healing for her For T. Smith, as she continues to heal. John O'Neill, for my wife, Terry. Uh, For Harry Mosby, and we got a good report. He is improving. We thank you for that. For Ken Harriet, recovering from back surgery. God, we're asking you to heal all these people completely. You are able. And we ask you to do it. We ask you to comfort Veronica Dean as she lost her, her brother's wife passed away this week the services is Friday. Be near to that family, God. It's a heartbreaking thing to lose a loved one. Bless them and comfort them. And God, we think of the situation in in Israel. There's war going on there and war in Ukraine. Uh, Threats of war in different places in the world. Oh, we live in such a sin-cursed world. Wickedness abounds. God, We ask you to use these situations to draw people to Jesus. The the people of Israel, the Palestinians, the Ukrainians, the Russians, bring them to Christ. Use the evil, what the devil has meant for evil, use it for good and bring people to Jesus. And now, God, as we look to your word today, Father, use me to preach your word. This is a message that needs to be heard. Uh, It is timely. The need is so great in our world, in our society. God, I pray that everyone here would listen and hear not what I have to say, but what you have to say, because you have a word for everyone here. So help us all to put aside the cares of this world, to not think about uh, what we need to do when we get home or work tomorrow or, or the weather or anything else, to just stop, to be still before you, to allow your Holy Spirit free reign in our hearts and lives to hear the word that you have for us in this time. And any that are here today without Christ, God, convict them of their need, show them they need Jesus Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. No one will see heaven without Jesus. God, open the eyes and the minds of any that don't know Christ. Show them the need. Convict them and draw them to Christ. Lord, bless this and use this. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may return to your seats. Go with me to the book of Acts. How well do you know your Bible? How well do you really know your Bible? And why is it important? Do you know the Bible well enough to recognize false teaching? In Acts chapter 20, Uh, We looked uh, last week at the beginning of the chapter. We're coming to the end of Paul's third missionary journey. He's headed for Jerusalem. He said, I want to be in Jerusalem by Pentecost. So he he bypassed Ephesus, but then called for the Ephesian elders to come and meet with him. And and we saw last week Paul's heart as he shared with them. uh, Paul's desire was to get the gospel to everybody. And I asked you the question last week, why do you do what you do? What motivates you? Why do you do what you do? Paul's motivation was one thing, get the gospel, glorify God. He wanted to do the work of God always, even if it cost him his life, and it actually did. So today we're looking at uh, continuing with Paul's message to these Ephesian elders Let me pick up in verse 28. He said, take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock. Now, understand, I I am an elder. The word elder and pastor are synonymous in the Bible. And Paul told these elders, listen, first of all, take heed to yourself. That's very important. Uh, Some are thinking, well, I'm not a pastor. I don't have to worry about that part. Okay, but you need to pray because pastors are under attack. The devil loves to bring down pastors. You think about it. You can think of a pastor, a missionary, a high-profile religious leader who fell into sin. I've known some personally. Sadly, it's heartbreaking. I, I have prayed, God, if I ever get to that point, please kill me. I mean that. I would rather die than to bring dishonor to the cause of Christ. I don't understand why God doesn't kill all these men before they do something. But he doesn't. And the truth is, he probably wouldn't kill me if I go that direction either, even though I really wish he would. Um, God is not uh, an egomaniac. Some people try to say, oh, God's an egomaniac. He just wants worship. Listen, if God was an egomaniac, he wouldn't let his... Servants dishonor him so badly as, sadly, many do. He would kill him. King David, God could have just killed him before he committed that sin with Bathsheba. No, not only did, uh, I want to say God let him do it. God does let us do what we want to do. Uh, So David did it, and God wrote about it. You know, he could have just left that out. We wouldn't know about it. God is not afraid to let his servants, his great men of God, he shows us their sin. I'm glad he's not writing mine down for everybody to read. But if I were the, you know, on the level of Moses and David, I guess I wouldn't mind so much. Uh, it, it still brings God glory because God uses broken people. He uses people with flaws. I'm proof of it. So are you. We all have flaws. We make mistakes. We mess up. We dishonor God. God uses broken people. Now, Paul said, listen, elders, take heed to yourself. I need prayer. You pray for me. Pray for Pastor Chuck. Pray for Pastor Christopher. Pray for Pastor Estrada. That we would not go into sin stand here and say i would never i hope i would never i don't intend to ever but i don't want to be arrogant and say i would never do that because we don't know what we might do david if you had asked him what would, would you commit adultery and kill somebody no i love god i wouldn't do that but he did so he said take heed unto yourself i i have to watch myself and be careful what i do and to all the flock." over thee which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. That's how much God thinks of the church. The church was bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. In verse 29, Paul said, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves, Shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that the space by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul said, Listen, when I'm gone, false teachers are coming. And he even said, And even some of you are going to rise up, and go the wrong way. Whew. It's a scary thought false teachers there are many many warnings in the bible uh, about false teachers and false prophets many I I couldn't if I went to every verse in the bible that talks about them we wouldn't get done today Uh, we'd be into tomorrow before we got done I do want to look at a few though in Deuteronomy chapter 18 Deuteronomy 18 beginning in verse 20 it says but the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name which I have not commanded him to speak or that shall speak in the name of other gods even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thine heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing which follow not come not, if the thing follow not nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. How many prophets have there been that said, Oh, this is going to happen? You know how many times we've heard, the rapture's coming on this date. And it didn't happen. God said, they haven't spoken in my name. They need to die. Don't go kill the person. That's not your job. But they're worthy of death. Don't say God said when God didn't say. That's a very, very serious thing James said be not many masters or teachers we shall be judged with a greater judgment there's a harsher judgment on me and on anyone who teaches the word of God than on those who don't because I better not say thus saith the Lord when the Lord didn't thus say I have a responsibility to get it right and it's a big responsibility. I don't take that lightly. Like, I fear God. I don't want to mess up. Have I ever said the wrong thing up here? Yes. I have. I'm human. I've blown it. And then I go to God. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I was wrong. I was wrong. I didn't study that enough. Or I didn't listen to you, obviously. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, it, it's a serious thing. To speak the word of God. But understand there are false prophets. Isaiah 8.20. Says to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word. It is because there is no light in them. So Isaiah said listen. You go by the Bible. If they don't speak according to this. There's no light in them. It's not accurate. Jeremiah 531 said the prophets prophesy falsely. Prophets prophesying lies falsely. And the priests bear rule by their means. The priests are following after the prophets. The prophets are are prophesying falsely and the priests are going according to what the false prophets are saying. And here's the bad part, it says, and my people love to have it so. Just look at those words. My people love to have it so. What? The people love false prophets? The people love that the priests are following false prophets? The priests are ruling over them? And and the people loved that they weren't going according to the word of God. That's sad. The people loved that the leaders were not following God. Just like the United States. Sadly. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. First John, let's look at some New Testament verses. First John chapter four, verse one. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Don't believe everything you hear. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. John said, listen, you better test that spirit. Oh, well, he spoke and he said it was from the Bible. You better check it out. Lots of people say they're preaching from the Bible. I've seen a lot of people use the Bible uh, out of context. And use it falsely most cults are based on parts of the bible just not the whole bible they take a little here and a little there oh it's in the bible it must be true take it in context the bible is true absolutely but you can misuse it very easily i, I heard of one woman she said well somebody was quoting part of the bible and misusing it and she said well I can do that too and she went to the verse and said Judas went and hanged himself and went to another verse and said go and do that likewise <laughs> now that's a little bit harsh isn't it but you know you could take bible verses and put them together like that and get nowhere near the original meaning and a lot of people are doing that be careful second timothy 3 13 says but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. He said, well, that's what happened in the Old Testament. That's what happened in in Paul's day. No, it says they're going to get worse and worse. Welcome to worse. Because that's where we are. It keeps getting worse. 2 Timothy 4, 3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust." shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Oh, does that ever speak of our day? They won't endure sound doctrine. They don't want the word of God, but, oh, but I want to hear something. Because deep inside every person, there is a desire for God. But they don't want to hear what you're doing is wrong. So they want someone to tell them that what they are doing is okay. Your sin is okay. You can keep your sin and have Jesus. Listen, Jesus saves sinners, but he doesn't leave them in sin. He didn't leave me in the mess that I was in before I got saved. I got saved out of it. But we have people all over that whatever the sin is, almost any sin you can name, there's a church that will tell you, oh, that's not sin. Oh, that's okay. It's fine to be there. We have people with itching ears who heap to themselves teachers. They find someone to say it's okay. To tell me, yes, you can live like that, and you're still going to heaven. You can do your own thing. And you're still going to go to heaven. It's okay. God loves you. Listen, God does love you, but he hates your sin. He hates my sin too. God wants us to follow his word. In 2 Peter chapter 2, I'm going to turn to that one, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, it says, But there were false prophets also among the people even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Welcome to verse 2. The way of truth shall be evil spoken of. That's where we live. We've got churches saying all kinds of sin is okay. And if we say it isn't, then we're called evil. I I saw just a a, a couple days ago... and. When I, when I put together a message, obviously I'm praying about it and praying about it, and it, it doesn't come together in a few minutes or even an hour or two, it's days, at a minimum. And, and I'm thinking on it, and I'm dwelling on it, and I knew where I was going with this, and a couple of days ago, um, I... I saw something that did not, in my mind, relate at all to my message until this morning. God said, what about that thing you saw? like, oh, that fits perfectly. And what I saw was, uh, you know, Facebook, they have those reels, which is like, what are they, 60-second video clips? hate those things. I hate those things because I I just watch a couple, and an hour later, I'm sitting there watching stupid things thinking... (laughs) No, I don't need to do that. Uh, they're kind of they're kind of addictive, just real quick, over and over, real quick things. Some of them are just trash. You just flip right by those, you know, they're junky. And others uh, there's a lot of biblical ones out there. Uh, some guys are there is some actually really good teaching in places. But I saw this clip. I don't know who posted it or why. Uh, it was a man who'd been nominated for a position, and he was now in the Senate hearings because the Senate had to approve his nomination. I don't know what president nominated him. I don't know the man's name. I don't know what the, what position he was nominated for. I do know the senator that was questioning him, but I'm not going to say his name. Um, the senator said, Sir, you wrote this at some point in the past, and the man had written that anyone who didn't know Jesus Christ was condemned. And the guy, And the senator was bothered by that. This is what you said. And the man said, well, sir, I am a Bible-believing Christian. Good for you. I don't know what position he is, but put him in it. Clone him and put him all over the government. He said, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. And yes, I, I believe in Jesus Christ. And he was being attacked for that position for saying that people without Christ are condemned and the man wouldn't back off he's trying to answer politely I'm sure he wanted the position he was nominated for so he's trying to be polite and trying to you know I I, I am a Bible believing Christian and and the senator said that's hate speech and that's not what this country was founded on and I will be voting no Now, most of us, many of us, know John chapter 3, verse 16. First verse most Christians learn, many Christians learn, is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Many of you could have quoted that with me. You probably don't know verse 17 because not as many people memorize that. For God gave not his, sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. What that man had written was basically quoting John 3:18. Now I wish and again, I don't know who the man was, and I cannot imagine having to sit there and answer questions from a senator. That would be more than a little intimidating when the Senator's attacking what you said. I, I, I kind of wish, and maybe he does too. I don't know he would have said, "Well, sir, I'm quoting Jesus." Are you saying that the words of Jesus are hate speech? I would love to have seen the senator squirm on that because no senator, no matter how liberal they are, would have said, yes, Jesus' words are hate speech. You see, you get verse 16, for God so loved the world. Greatest verse of love There is. Uh, Verse 17, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. There is no greater message of love than verse 16 and 17. But when we get to verse 18, he that believeth not is condemned already. You're going to call that hate speech? That's not hate speech. It's truth. That's the word of God. That's love. It's called a warning. Jesus is speaking here. He's saying, look, I'm giving you every opportunity to be saved. If you don't get saved, you're going to go to hell. God loves you. He doesn't want you to go to hell. He sent me not to condemn you, but to save you. And you're going to call that hate speech? That's our world. A United States senator declared even though he didn't know it was the words of Jesus, he declared the words of Jesus to be hate speech. To say anyone without Christ is condemned, according to this senator, is hate speech. We're in a mess. That's our society. Now, let me ask you this. What if the man had said, I am a Muslim, and I believe in Allah and in his prophet Muhammad and anyone who doesn't believe is condemned do you think the senator would have called it hate speech he would not have we all know it there's no way he would have called that hate speech he could have said I'm a Buddhist and if you don't believe in Buddha you're condemned that would not have been called hate speech Only Christianity would be called hate speech. The devil hates Christianity. The devil does not hate religion. The devil doesn't hate Islam. He doesn't hate Buddhism. He doesn't hate Hinduism. He doesn't hate hate religion. Why? He uses religion to send billions of people to hell. I'm not speaking hate speech. I'm speaking the truth. God wants people to be saved. I want you to be saved. Listen, if you knew going down the highway, the highway's going to divide into four parts. And there's four different bridges going over this, this whatever, valley. And three of the bridges are gone and you're going to crash and die. Only one is good. And you say, don't go on that bridge. Hate speech. Is that not ridiculous? Is Jesus Christ the only way or not? If he is, then we need to tell people, look, I love you, I don't want you to go to hell. But they're going to label it hate speech. Yes, they are. They would not have done that 20 years ago. I'm not sure about 10 but I know today they do what did Peter say they follow false teachers so the way of the truth is evil spoken of that's where we are this none of this is taking God by surprise God told us 2,000 years ago this is what's going to happen As Christians, we need to realize, look, we're in a post-Christian society. For the man to say that goes against the founding principles of our nation is a lie. Because our founding fathers respected the word of God. I'm not saying they were saved. Uh, Many of them were not. But they did have respect for the word of God. And they certainly would not have called the word of God hate speech. They respected God's word. Our constitution is based on the Bible. The three branches of government come from the book of Isaiah. That's where they got it. Uh, Much of it came from the Bible. Did they follow perfectly? No. Were we ever truly a Christian? No. We were not a Christian nation. But we were based on Christian principles with the understanding that people are free to have any religion they want. And if people said, I don't believe in God, that was okay too. You can do whatever you want. They didn't force it on anybody, Uh, which was very unique in the world at that point in time. Every other nation had a national religion that you had to follow that was part of the official government. To have a nation without an official religion, there was nowhere else in the world that had that. So that was unique and new. Uh, Our founding fathers did some good things. They messed up some other things pretty badly too. We understand that. But to say that it's against the principles of our nation to say that without Jesus Christ you're condemned, that's completely false. Jesus Christ is the only way. It, It is sad to see where our nation is. Now, Uh, listen you might be thinking well I know better don't take false teachers lightly don't take them lightly they're out there all over the place they will hurt you Uh, Paul said in in verse 29 not sparing the flock the false teachers are coming to hurt the flock And they will hurt you in many different ways they'll hurt you financially how many of them out there just to get your money there's a lot send me your money send that seed money you send that seed money five hundred dollars a thousand dollars and God's going to bless you don't do it don't fall for that this you're saying God doesn't bless giving God does bless giving but, but don't go for the person telling you that. They're after your money. Don't go for the trap. Uh, just look them up and see how they're living and they're driving around in, uh, you know, Mercedes Benz, got three or four of those, and private jets and giant mansions. No. And, and look, I'm not saying most are like that, That's, most are not like that. Uh, most preachers are not rich by the world's standards. But there's a whole lot of people out there that really, they're after your money. And we know it. Be careful. This is why you need to know the Word of God. They'll hurt you physically. Jim Jones got people to follow him to Guyana, and they, they all drank the Kool-Aid and died. Many are into immoral things, and many women have been taken advantage of and... and tricked and coerced into adultery because the leader says this is how it's supposed to be they will hurt you financially physically spiritually spiritually you say well I'm already saved I'm safe yeah, you start following this false teacher and your kids can end up in hell be careful there's false teachers all over the place do you know the Bible well enough to recognize false teaching? We need to know false teachers are out there. We need to recognize uh, their methods. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The, serpent cave, the, the devil and the serpent came to Eve and said, Yea, hath God said. What did he do? He undermined the word of God. Anyone who tells you you can't trust the Bible, get away from them. Well, you shouldn't take the Bible literally. Get away from them. Take the Bible literally. It is the Word of God. Period. You said, but I don't understand parts of it. None of us do. It's okay. It's still the Word of God, whether we understand it or not. Trust God. Uh, God is trustworthy. Yea, hath God said, listen, the devil will also use the word of God. Remember when he tempted Jesus? Jesus turned his stones into bread. God hath said, no, he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Uh, the, the devil tempted him three times. Three times, Jesus said, it is written. And he quoted from the book of Deuteronomy all three times. But one of the times, Satan said, it's written. Satan quoted the Bible to Jesus. He tried to use the Bible to get Jesus to sin. The devil knows the Bible. He knows the Bible better than any one of us. He could quote the entire Bible right now, word for word, in any translation on earth. He knows it. He obviously doesn't follow it. Doesn't believe it, but he will use a little truth mixed with error. He'll put a little truth in there to try to make you think. Oh, well, he showed me from the Bible this, so what he said next must be right. No, it all has to be right, not just some of it. Jesus said, "A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump." Leaven's a picture of evil. A little bit of evil in there ruins everything. I was watching a man this week. I'm reviewing videos to use for our church retreat. And I was watching one. And said, this looks really good. I like this. It was good. Um, going along, everything's great. And then the guy said something. I said, what? what? Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Say that again? Rewind. Did I hear that right? Yeah, I heard that right. Never mind. Next. The man was Baptist. Looked Good sounded good. Most of what he said, I'm right in agreement with. Then he said something like, that's wrong. That's not biblical. No, I'm out. We're not using that. Uh, It's a little leaven is all it takes. Now the devil varies his methods. First Peter, we're told he comes as a roaring lion. In second Corinthians, he comes as an angel of light. He's sneaky, extremely. We have to be on guard all the time. In fact, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Walketh about as a roaring lion. I know I'm misquoting this, but it does say, Be vigilant. We have to be on guard. The devil is out there, and he speaks through people. Peter, I understand something, too. The devil uses people, and sometimes people don't even realize they're being used to the devil. Amen. Every one of us is capable of being used for the devil. We let our guard down, and the devil moves in. Peter was saying, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus tells him, you are blessed, because flesh and blood didn't reveal you this to you but my father revealed this the holy spirit revealed this to you peter you're blessed and then jesus starts talking about his crucifixion and peter says oh no lord that's not how it's going to go he starts correcting jesus and jesus looks right at peter and says get thee behind me satan ouch Peter had a bit of a pride problem. You know, we can see that in the Bible. And he's just been told, you are blessed, Peter. What great revelation's been given you. Peter's like, yeah, well, this is how it's going to go, Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. Oops. He was used to the devil. Job's wife was used by the devil. Why don't you just curse God and die? From his wife? That hurt. The devil uses people, and we have to be careful. Um, He never sleeps. That's why we're told to be sober and be vigilant. Do you know the Bible well enough to recognize false teaching? Because that's what he tells us to do. Back in Acts chapter 20, I've been gone from there a while, verse 32 says, And now, brethren... I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Our defense against false teaching is the word of God. Do you know the Bible well enough to recognize false teaching? Get in the book. I, I used to listen to tapes of B. R. Lakin. B. R. Lakin's an old preacher. He's been with the Lord for forty years or more. Um, he he used to ride a mule. He was a circuit riding preacher, and somehow I got a hold of cassette tapes of his. This is the old days, the dark ages. Cassette tapes, no CDs, certainly no cell phones. Um, And driving back and forth to college, I lived in Fort Lauderdale, went to college in Atlanta, so driving back and forth, I'd I'd listen to these preaching tapes over and over from B.R. Lakin and some others, but I I love those B.R. Lakin tapes. I'll never forget one thing he said. He said, know your Bible. Knowing your Bible will unfit you for most preaching. That's a scary thought. Knowing your Bible will unfit you for most preaching. He's saying, look, if you know the Word of God, most preaching, you're going to walk away from it. I don't, that doesn't line up. We need to check everything against the Word of God. Listen, you check me against the Word of God. I have no problem with that. Okay. Now, if you come to see me, please do it with the right spirit. I, I had a man years ago. He came to see me because I had said... That Abraham, when God told him to sacrifice Isaac, I said, Abraham believed that God was going to raise him from the dead. And the man came to me with a very poor spirit, uh, attacking me. You said this. I read all through Genesis. It doesn't say that anywhere in there. You said it, and it's not true. I said, it's not in Genesis, it's in Hebrews. It's in Hebrews chapter 11. It says that Abraham believed God could raise Isaac from the dead. And he went, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you going to say after that? So if you, if you come, I'm fine with it. Come with the right spirit. You might be wrong. I might be wrong. I had a lady in Alabama, I said something, and she came to me and with a very good spirit. She said, Pastor, I don't understand. Uh, you said this, and I'm looking at this verse, and I, I, I don't understand. And I looked at that verse, and I'm like, I'm wrong. There's nothing I can say, I was wrong. Because I said, this, this is not in the Bible anywhere, and it was. I had searched too, and I missed it. I said, I'm wrong. But I appreciate she came with a very humble spirit. Wanted to know. If it's okay to question. Just do it with the right spirit. Uh, don't do it wrongly. I can be wrong. I've been wrong many times. More times than I can remember. Many more times than I want to remember. Uh, just But check. And have grace too. Because nobody's perfect. Don't. Uh, Listen, the guy I was listening to, and he said something wrong. There's people I will listen to preach, and I don't agree with 100%. That's okay. I don't agree with me 100% of the time. Okay? My wife certainly doesn't agree with me 100% of the time. She's wrong sometimes. Just kidding. It's all right. Now, if they believe the way of salvation, that's got to be a starting point. You know, if they believe a different way of salvation, don't listen to them. If they get off into some crazy stuff, just go away. You don't have to badmouth them to everybody. It's okay. Just say, you know what, I prefer not to listen to that. Uh, some of you listen to people that are like, yeah, I'm not going there. But, uh, and others, it's all right. You, it, it's like eating fish. Sometimes you have to spit out the bones. You know, there's some stuff, just let, throw that out and take into good stuff. You can still get nourished, uh, but but you have to know the Word of God. If you don't know the Word of God, how do you know what you're listening to is true? How do you know? You have to get in the Word of God. God's Word, notice what he said again, verse 2. I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up. A, A term that is used in construction... To build up, you get the foundation, and then the walls up, and the roof and or even the next floor. It builds you up. The Word of God will build you. Amen. It'll strengthen you. It will help you. The Word of God is relevant to every part of your life. Well, it's 2,000 years old. What's it have to do with today? Everything. Amen. Everything. You need the Word of God. Get in it. Read it daily. Read the Word. Study the Word. Take time with God. Read the Bible and pray. You've got to have it. Uh, somebody asked a great preacher, Is it what's more important, prayer or Bible study? He said, Well, what's more important, breathing out or breathing in? <laughs> You've got to have both. We need to pray. We need to read the Word of God. Get in God's Word. Do you know the Bible well enough to recognize false teaching? He said, it'll build you up. He said, it'll give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. You know what he's saying? It'll give you an inheritance in heaven. The Word of God will give you an inheritance in heaven. You'll have greater rewards in heaven if you get in the word of God. You'll be above other Christians. Why? Most of them aren't reading. Getting God's word. Protects us. Why did God give us his word? Because he wanted to punish us and make us read something we don't like? No. That's God's love letter to us. You want to get to know God? Read his word. You want to know how to make it through this life in a messed up society? Read His word. Uh, You want to know how to have a good marriage? Read His word. You want to know how to handle money? Read His word. You want to know how to raise kids? Read His word. You want to know how to be a good employee? Read His word. You want to know how to be a good employer, a good boss? Read His word. It's all in there. It's all relevant to today. The word of God will build you up and help us. We're in an evil day. It's going to get worse. Don't let that scare you. Don't let that panic you. God put you in this world for such a time as this. We're alive today. God is not surprised that the United States would turn so far away from God and away from his word. God's not shocked. He knew it was going to happen. And he made you and I alive right now to deal with it, to show others the way of truth, even when it's evil spoken of. Let's do what God called us to do, get in his word and help others to know him. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. We have nothing without your word. God, help us to stand faithful in a very evil day. A day where what we do here is called evil. Many things I've said from this pulpit are considered hate speech in our society. I don't hate anyone. You know that. God, I want people to know you. Sadly, today good is called evil when evil is called good. Help us to stand. Help us to get in your word, to stay in your word, to know your word, to know it well enough to recognize false teaching. I don't want anyone here falling prey to a false teacher being led astray in ways that will hurt them, either financially, physically, especially spiritually, them their children, grandchildren. Oh, I want everyone here in heaven. I want all of our kids in heaven. I want all of our grandkids in heaven. God, help us to stand in the evil day. Now, Lord, to have your way in this invitation. Bless it and use it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. If you need to come for prayer, please come. If you're not sure you're saved, oh, you need Jesus. You will not get to heaven without Jesus Christ. That's not hate speech. I love you and I want you to know the truth. And I want to see you in heaven. Please, come. See one of these men. We have ladies ready to help ladies. We want to show you from the word of God how you can know that you have eternal life. Without Jesus, you're already condemned. But you can get out of that condemnation by the blood of Jesus. Whatever the need is, come now as we sing.
3: What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins
1: right here in verse uh, Acts 20 verse 28 the end of the verse the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood when we partake of the Lord's table the bread represents the body of Jesus Christ the juice represents his blood his blood purchased the church you and I been bought by the blood of Jesus. Amen. I'm His. He bought me. I belong to Jesus. I say that gladly. His blood is so powerful. Amen. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ took away our sins. Think about it as we partake of the Lord's table, His body broken for us, His blood shed so that we could know God. What a wonderful privilege. The men are gonna come now. Pastor Chuck will lead us in communion. And uh, you may be seated. Good
2: message, Pastor. All right. The Bible. The Bible says, draw nigh unto God, and he'll draw nigh unto us. You know, he doesn't walk away from us, but sometimes we walk away from him. And we turn right back around, he's always there. I, uh, I wrote down here in my Bible, communion equals fellowship with God, unity with God, agreement with God. And it's amazing that inside of us, we're programmed to want those things. Every society in this that's ever been has worshiped a higher power. And God created us to want fellowship with Him, to need it, to have to have it. And you know, I remember as a younger Christian, this part of the service being like, oh, let's get this over with. No, 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 that's not what this is about. It's not some ritual, not some thing we just do, it's you, being really close with your God. So when we pass out, you know, the juice and the the bread, um, spend some time praying and ask God, are we good? Is there anything that needs to be confessed? Anything I need to get right? And of course it says, remember his death. Pastor just mentioned that he suffered greatly and that should humble us and also motivate us just to be everything he wants us to be what he created us for, for such a time as this. Lights in the darkness. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray and we'll uh, bless the bread. Father, we love you and we praise you. You're so good for, uh, to us. Lord, I thank you so much. You're the bread that we're blessing, Lord. It represents uh, Jesus' body. And it was bruised for us, it was hurt for us. So that we could have a way to heaven. We praise you for that. We thank you for it over and over again. Lord, bless it and bless this time as we take communion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.